You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. And we will be joined later on the phone lines with um, Danny Rafferty from Glasgow University. Our topic today is very interesting, Mabina, um, something which I think we're going to have some fun with. Okay, absolutely. Um, so we're going to be talking um, uh, today about sedentary behaviour. Right, so a lot of what we will be used to in the month of Ramadan. It is indeed. So um, anyway, Mabina, we all know that um, we should be more active. Definitely. And it's good for our general health. But today's topic is actually flipping it um, upside down and looking at the opposite side of it and the problems of not being active, not having active behaviour in general. This sort of turns to mean, um, you know, for people that work in the office, for people who do a lot of driving, for people who tend to spend a lot of time lying down, watching TV. Um, so that's what we're talking about Um yeah, so obviously the topic that we're going to be discussing today and uh, in, in obviously this section of our show, it actually comes from people who work in the NHS or our GPs. We, we do have the physical activity quiz on in front of us right now. So the first question would be, experts recommend that we undertake regular physical activity in order to enjoy better health and a reduced risk of many common diseases but how much exercise is actually re- recommended so if we put it out to you well i'll ask you who i saying because um yeah, just before any we've got four options here so under option a we've got an hour of challenging exercise such as circuit training or an aerobics class five times a week or B, do you do an hour of running or swimming three times a week? Or C, do you do any moderate intensity activity that leads, leaves you slightly out of breath for at least 30 minutes per day, uh, at least five times a week? Or D, do you do any sort of rhythmic continuous activity that leaves you slightly out of breath for at least 30 minutes per day, three times a week? Oh, so, that, starting from me, I think you would have to be a proper athlete, and then D, probably most of them, <laughs> most of the mums in Glasgow. So, yeah. what, what's your choice? Um, well, I'm thinking three times a week. I'm thinking, I'm thinking what my GP would be saying to me, and you know, I'm thinking three times a week, thirty minutes. 30 minutes, okay. So, so we'll, yeah, we'll put you down as that. So we'll continue the quiz now. We come to our second question. Which types, which of these type of exercises is anaerobic? A, sprinting 100 metres. B, going steady, going for a steady jog. C, doing a yoga class. Or D, going for a long bike ride. Which one do you think? I mean, they all, they all sound fairly active for me. So um, sprinting. I'm going a. to go for A. A, okay. Right, I'll put that in for you and we'll and move on. I'm also going to share with you that. Oh, fantastic. It says you're correct. The correct answer is sprinting 100 metres. So, Homera, just in case our listeners didn't know, exercises, uh, sorry, exercises which are deemed to be anaerobic when there isn't enough oxygen in the muscles. As a result, fats can't be used for energy and glucose isn't burnt 
completely. So you're leaving behind waste product called lactate, which sounds absolutely lovely. Sprint sports are anaerobic, and you'll probably know from experience that you can uh, you can't keep them up for long. So have you? managed to get onto any sort of tracks recently where you've ran a couple of hundred metres and thought, mm, I'll just go for a coffee now. Um, that's very <laughs> unlikely to happen with my plantar fasciitis. Um, on my foot, walking is difficult, but I do manage to do, um, I think I'm maintaining my, my 6,000 steps three out of four days a week. Oh, fantastic. That's really good. Um, so I'll ask Kamara the next question. How many people in the UK do enough physical activity to keep their heart healthy is it a three out of ten b four out of ten c five out of ten or d six out of ten what do you think Amira? um sorry so how many people in the uk do enough physical activity to keep their heart healthy so you've got the option three four five or six and if I, if I was thinking specifically about our muslim community particularly south asian orange muslim community i would say it was very low okay so you've got an option a b c or d three four five or six out of ten three three right let's go for three okay correct i'm surprised about have you done this quiz before <laughs> Right, the right answer is 3 out of 10 people in the UK do enough physical activity to keep their heart healthy, although 8 out of 10 people think they are fit, but with small gradual changes, walking more, putting more energy into household chores, it isn't too difficult to reach a recommended activity level, so we could all um, increase, definitely, I mean, for example, you must use an app, Homera, for... For measuring how many steps you um, take? I, on, on my telephone, there's just the, the app that actually came with it. I don't want to go promoting any telephones. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, uh, so, so on your it, on your mobile phone handheld? But, but what I've, um, I've just recently, actually, somebody this morning was showing me the Fitbit. Okay. And that seems to be a big thing, but there seems to be lots of different ones. I think um, you can you can actually get different ones. I need yeah. to actually have it in my pocket in order for it to count um, the distance mm. that I'm going. Um, so, which is which is um, which is great, and it's nice when you get that little beep, and it says, "Oh, you've done your, you've reached your target." Or so, when you reach six thousand, do you think that's it? <laughs> I think, oh, I'm just going to put my feet up now. <laughs> well deserved reach, break. Reach for my fizzy drink. No, Fantastic. I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. I'm going to move on and ask you the next question in our physical activity quiz. Perfect. Which of these types of exercise is best at helping you maintain strong bones? A. Aerobics. B, weight-bearing exercises, three, resistance exercise, or D, all of these? I would say all of them it's to some extent. All of them? Yeah, I guess all Do you, of them. Shall I quick, quickly click on all of them? God, God, go on, one, two, three. Yep, D, here we go. You're on a winning streak. <laughs> Correct. I win. Well, I'll take you out for a thari one, oh, one night. So correct all of these types of <laughs> all of these types of exercises, or we could go for a class of aerobics, which should be fun. <laughs> Yeah. All of these types of aerobic, uh, sorry, these exercises will help maintain strong bones. Walking may be best specific exercise, partly because it's easy for you to get going and to maintain long term. So, um, do you not think? <coughs> I I find um, walking. I sort of um, discovered walking a few years back, mm -hmm. um, and I actually find walking and maybe listening to um, some machines 
very, very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you go anywhere special or do you do just... Um, um, well, recently I've actually been going to Rook and Glen Park. Okay. Um, over, uh, it's a beautiful park. We've been, a group of ladies been meeting regularly just before we, they actually head off to work for a good 30, 45 minutes. And um, it's it's refreshing. We're outside. Yeah. And it's, you, do you know, it actually sets up your day yeah. um, uh, for, for heading out. But, you know, on occasions... And it makes you feel good as well. It doesn't. Positive. It doesn't. Positive. If you, I mean, if you're on your own, and I tend to find listening to something keeps me motivated mm -hmm. um, uh, to walk. But if you're with a group of people, and actually you lose track of time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, you do lose track of time. And I'm not someone that's physically able to run, jog, never have done, unlikely that uh -huh. it will ever happen. Um, but We can always hope. <laughs> we can hope. Yeah. So we'll move on to the next question. To what extent is it true that exercise is an effective way to lose weight? Now, this, I'm sure a lot of people, their ears will be picking up. Is it A, totally true, exercise helps you lose weight very quickly and easily? Or, Homera, is it B, true, but you need to do a very challenging sort of exercise? Or C, not true at all, it's quite hard to lose weight through exercise alone? Or D, totally untrue, exercise doesn't help you lose weight? Hey, it's got to be Mobina, hasn't it? Yep. Okay. Second, let me click on that for you. And oh, that's yes. incorrect. Yes. That's incorrect. Is so, it incorrect? So I'm, I'll just be reading it out to you. The correct answer is usually not true. Unless you only have a few pounds to lose, it's quite hard to lose weight through exercise alone. Weight loss is all about burning more calories than you take in each day. And it doesn't matter, um, sorry, it's much easier to shave off 500 calories a day by cutting back on f fatty foods in your diet. Okay, Mobina, we've actually um, been joined by Danny Rafferty, as we said, um, from uh, Glasgow Caledonian um, University, who's been researching um, sedentary uh, behaviour. I'm going to um, ask Danny to uh, come and join us um, online. Um, Danny, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is Danny Rafferty. I'm a researcher at Glasgow Caledonian University looking at physical behaviours in the population and especially in uh, people with impairment. Good evening, Danny. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm um, Humera um, and uh, welcome to Radio Ramadan. And I've also got um, Mubina here um, uh, with me as my co-host. Hi, Danny. How are you? Uh, good evening. Hello. Uh, hello. Thanks for inviting us on. Oh, not at all. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on to the show, Danny. No worries. So, Danny, do you want to tell us a little bit about your research and what you've actually been doing? Well, uh, what we find is that um, <coughs> I, I was listening to your programme there and you were talking about exercising. And I'm not saying that that's not important. Obviously, it's incredibly important um, in terms of reaching your guidelines of 30 minutes of activity five days of the week is the current recommendations. But that's of health benefit to us. What tends to be of health risk is how much time you spend seated or lying. So, for example, a typical day, and we've got, we've got research findings to back this up, uh, you will typically spend up to 18 hours per day eye on the seated or lying position. Now, seven of, those hours, seven of those hours tend to be sleeping. So the rest of the time, we tend to be in what we classify as sedentary behaviours, i.e. you're seated or lying, which are low-energy low expenditure. And the research base for that is increasingly showing that that sedentary behaviour is actually the health risk. So you may actually be quite active in doing all the exercises, which is good and to be supported, but if you then spend the rest of your day seated or lying, 
without spending much energy expenditure, then that introduces a health risk to your behaviour styles. So what ourselves at Caledonia University and other institutions across the world are trying to do is trying to understand that and trying to find ways of modifying it. Danny, do you find it's difficult um, with certain communities or certain areas that you go to to try and persuade people to change their behaviour? Well, yes, I find across the board actually trying to get people to change their behaviour is an incredibly difficult thing to do. They have to be motivated to change their Mm behaviour. But what we are trying to persuade people to do is that change in behaviour doesn't mean to say that you have to go from being um, a sedentary individual at the moment to running a a marathon. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is gradually change your behaviour, just take small steps. One of the things that's constantly are recommended is things like if you're watching television take a stand up at the end of a, a show stand mm-hmm. up at the at, at, at the adverse when they come on because that breaks your sedentary behavior and there's evidence to support that that actually mitigates the health risks of okay. long period of sedentary activity so basically in a sense what you're uh, telling your listeners is instead of uh, sitting for too long do stand up basically get your circulation going that, that is exactly it. It's a very simple message and it's a very clear message and it's, it's been shown uh, to actually have health benefit to people. Just break that sedentary time. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're not spending too long seated or lying. Okay. Uh, Danny, can you tell me, uh, is there a specific amount of time that you think is probably good for them to you know, take and then stand up or m- do a little bit of movement? Well, the, the research in this is, is, is just really getting formulated, but what I would recommend, and, and currently what people are talking about, is don't sit for any longer than half an hour at a time. And even if you're just breaking up that sedentary time, simply by standing up, that's the, that's the advantage. Rather than sitting for two hours at a time and breaking it with five minutes at the end, then break that two hours up into four blocks of 30 minutes. Okay. Thank you, Danny. Um, Danny, I want to uh, come in here and talk about um, talk about sedentary behaviour from a personal point of view. Um, I'm somebody who um, is now four years in remission from Hodgkin's lymphoma, and I found actually when I was going through my chemotherapy um, and going through my radiotherapy that afterwards, I mean, literally for four days, you can imagine, you know, how an individual feels. Um, you know, after going through that, but can you talk a little bit about the importance of even when you're going through treatments like that, the importance of actually maintaining um, movement? Well, absolutely. There's numerous research published in that that um, actually having. I'm going to use the term exercise, but breaking your sedentary behaviour not only uh, enable, enables you to feel better about yourself in terms of uh, experiencing that uh, uh, rehabilitation process, but it actually has been shown to be beneficial in actually helping the, the rehabilitation process and actually improving the outcomes of the rehabilitation process. Specifically, and well, sorry, not specifically, but one of the areas that, that, that has been researched has been cancer patients, and there's quite a lot of work, work done around about that. Uh, Homera was asking you in regards, and you went through some of the health risks. Um, are there any risks that we as, uh, well, basically as human beings, are at risk to? Uh, just because obviously we're not taking enough physical activity, for example, as um, Homera mentioned, cancer or diabetes, is there anything or is it just everything across the board? Well, I, I, the research is still emerging in this area, but for long periods of, of sedentary behaviour, you're at greater risk of type 2 diabetes. 
you're at greater risk of a cardiovascular event, a heart attack. Um, you're at a greater risk of all-cause mortality. Now, just just to remind the listeners as well, just in case somebody's joined in, um, how can you tell if we are being sedentary? Well, sedentary behaviour is generally considered... <laughs> If you're seated or lying uh, and you're undertaking activities such as uh, watching the television or playing on a computer, what's called screen time. So that's generally what's considered uh, sedentary behaviour, but also things like reading. So it's important that those uh, leisure activities that we undertake, that we try to break those up into smaller manageable chunks. And that will, have a health, that will reduce the health risk. As you mentioned, uh, rather than getting up every hour, maybe increase that to every 30 minutes. Um, Danny, I would like to mention we posted one of the quizzes uh, just to see how well uh, people are at this and uh, whether they do move around during the day. We've just had a comment back from a lady. Um, I, her name is Zenith M online and she's written, my husband and I are enjoying the weather, driving about and doing the quiz with you guys. What, what, what could you say to her, for example, get out the car and take a walk? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, travelling in a car, whether you're actually driving or, or a passenger, is, is also considered sedentary behaviour. And it, it, it would be silly to say, well, make sure you break up your journey every half an hour. Uh -huh. But rather than actually try to drive for three hours of a time, then split that up a bit, break it down into maybe an hour, take a 10-minute break, another hour, take a 10-minute break, depending on the road conditions. Mm -hmm. But first of all, what I'd say to your listener is enjoy the weather. It's not all from Absolutely. getting to your Scotland. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And just, just following on from that, because there's a lot of us these days that actually spend so much time within the car. And I'm thinking, you know, as well as yeah. set it Sedentary. As well as sedentary behaviour. Sorry, I get stuck on that word. I do apologise. <laughs> okay. It's very difficult for me. I, I sound as though I've got a bit of a lisp when I say it. Um, uh, but, um, I, I mean, in the past, I mean, I, I know friends, and I know in the past I used to work, I used to go out to work on a Monday, and I was literally in the car for five and a half hours, um, driving, yeah. heading down south, and then not driving back home until a Thursday um, evening, staying that length of time away from home. Um, so I, I, what I wanted you to touch on was the diet and maybe specifically what's wrong with the problem, you know, what, what our community tend to have, um, uh, you know, we, we, we tend to like fatty foods and, you know, we have a high f um, fat diet. So what that has an what kind of impact that also has along with the... So I think um, what we could basically um, possibly say is what are some of the problems, Danny, uh, that occur due to sedentary behaviour? Yes, well, I mean, the sedentary behaviour, again, uh, obesity is, is one of the, the things that's been identified from excessive uh, sedentary behaviour. And also sedentary behaviour within children has been shown to actually have a long-term health effect and actually lead to certain behaviours, which gets it. Now, I'm not saying sedentary behaviour is the only show in town, because obviously diet is important as well, and making sure you have a good balanced diet, you're reducing the amount of fatty foods, etc., etc., and I think what tends to have been overlooked in the past in, in this emerging field of research is the role that sedentary behaviour plays in the health risk. Absolutely, keep up the exercise if you're doing exercise. Um, try and monitor your diet, try and be careful with what you eat, try and reduce the amount of uh, fatty foods that you're eating, and try and not uh, be at that picky stage, if you know what I mean, where you're just constantly nibbling food all the way through the day. Try and keep it at, say, at lunch times and meal times, etc., rather than just picking as you're going along, which we're all guilty of and we all enjoy it at times, but uh, just to be careful that you don't fall into that habit of just picking at food, I think is important. 
Okay, and how do you think it could be practically addressed, um, this issue? I mean, uh, it's all fine well saying you should move more often uh, during the day, but when people are in their set routines, it becomes a bit difficult. Earlier on, Humera and I were talking about apps on your phone and just general reminders. What, what do you think of those? Sorry, what on the phone? I don't apps, quite that apps. Right. So, for example, if you've heard of... Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, they, these things all have a place. They're, they're all, we're all uh, um, good developments and they're good ways of actually stimulating uh, both physical activity and the breaking of sedentary behaviour. So, no, no, they have to be supported. The only thing I would say in them is that from a research perspective, they may not have the accuracy of some of the tools that we may use within the research environment. Uh -huh. But that's not to underplay the, the advantage of them and, and how they can actually motivate people. Uh -huh. As we were talking about earlier, you know, to actually to actually uh, be active. So can I ask you, Danny, how long have you been researching this area for? Oh, well, our group's probably been active uh, in this area uh, for about 10 years or so. Um, and it's become more and more prevalent, uh, the amount of sedentary behaviour. And a lot of the work was done in what's called the OSDIABS study, which was an Australian study into diabetes, and that's mm. where, where the sort of formative work in this actually started to come out, and then our group um, have, have, and, and others have built on this and have built up the research base for it. I'm just looking at some facts here that say people who watch TV for more than two hours a day had a 20% increased risk of type 2 diabetes. <laughs> Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. One of my colleagues, Neville Owen, who's in, in, in Australia, he was actually trying to, in one of his research papers, say that, you know, reduce life expectancy because of uh, TV watching, mm -hmm. which is, is a very difficult thing for the academic community to see, but, you know, it, it seems to be quite evident. Uh, and another thing here was um, being physically active might reduce the risk, but among older ad adults, the likes of people over 60 years of old, uh, you know, 60 years and older, each hour of TV watch has been associated with a 19% increase in risk of having a, a metabolic um, syndrome. Yes, in actual fact, one of the uh, research projects uh, led by Professor Skelton and, and Sebastian Chaston is looking at seniors and looking at how sedentary behaviour in seniors seems tends to be much greater than it is in younger people and how we can actually go about affecting that and try and get, get people to break their sedentary behaviour. That's called the Seniors USP, and that's available at the Caledonian website. And just to mention as well, uh, with the Caledonian website, um, would you like to give that out to, to our listeners? Uh, yes. We've got the GCU website, and we've got people, if anybody wants to get more information from you, Danny, um, I've got down here. Yeah, Danny, would you like to mention um, how we can basically look at that in more detail? Yes, well, if you go to the university website, it's called Seniors USP, mm -hmm. Understanding Sedentary Patterns, and it's on our research page, on our homepage in the, in the, research, in the GCU website. Yep, and uh, if, we, if we want to have uh, more information on the work that you do, Danny, uh, we could basically go to the GCU website as well, uh, www.gcu.ac.e. UK? That's correct. Yeah, that's, that's correct. correct yes. uh, Danny, you yes. were just mentioning that, you know, um, you look at sedentary behaviour within uh, the younger generations and within the elder generations. Um, when you were undertaking your research over the last 10 years, did you, did you monitor all different ages or were you specific to who you were doing your research on? 
Well, our specific uh, groups that, that, that my own research was involved in was looking at people with rheumatoid arthritis and looking at people who had survived a stroke okay. um, to see if we could understand uh, their sedentary behaviour and quantify how much it was different to people who weren't suffering from rheumatoid arthritis or suffered a stroke. So I'm not actually involved in the USP project okay. as such, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm involved in this uh-huh. area. I mean, simple things like uh, we're talking about rehabilitation after cancer there. Simple things, I think, make a difference. Like if I go and visit my mother, who I won't uh, recount her problems, but she's got various ailments. She'll, she'll say to me, a cup of tea, and I'll say, that's smashing, mum, and I'll sit down, mm-hmm. and my mum will go up and make me a cup of tea. Whereas my sister comes in and she says to my sister, a cup of tea, and then we'll say, you sit there, mum, and I'll do it. Uh-huh. Now, if somebody's capable of doing it, I'm not saying that's always the case, but if yep. somebody's capable of doing it, sometimes you have to park your caring instincts uh-huh. and sort of say, well, okay, that's great, you do it. Um, <laughs> Danny, you're, it, it you're mentioning this, and I'm recalling conversations between my own sister and my own mum. Uh, yesterday, I went to visit my sister, and my sister was saying to my mum, oh, how about we take a walk in the garden? So it's just these small steps, like you mentioned before, that make a huge difference, don't they? Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, and, and things like, you know, uh, travelling by public transport, why don't you get off the bus a, a stop early mm-hmm. and walk up the rest of the way? You know, it's simple things like that make such a big difference Not over the course of a, a day, a week. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Uh, as Amira said, not taking the lift, but taking the stairs and uh, just doing what you can <laughs> to basically increase on your... Or if you've got a five-minute, if you turn up early to school to pick up your kids, yeah. just go for a wee walk or, you know, just very small changes make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. I definitely I see mean, lots of ladies doing that. Sorry? Sorry, I was just saying I definitely see lots of ladies doing that. Yeah, sorry, Danny, I need to explain. Obviously, when you're on radio, there's a lot of times when you're wondering what the other person, you know... <laughs> is doing, but Homera's absolutely shaking her head and nodding and agreeing with you. <laughs> and I think she's taking mental notes. So what else can you add um, to that, Danny, in regards to um, how we can change our behaviour? Well, there's, there's various things that's been, been initiated. I mean, for, for people who are working, we're spending much more time in front of a computer. Um, that's That's obvious to everyone. So there's various things that you can do with that. You can set a prompt that tells you to get up after half an hour or an hour, whatever you think is appropriate. Um, or what's more in vogue recently is things like standing desks, where you get a desk that you stand up at and you, you work while you're standing rather than seating. You've got the, the choice to adjust it. And Absolutely. some of the, the, the more sort of uh, at the other end of that is uh, people have actually put treadmills in front of their desks as well yes. so they're walking while they're working. So these are all things which help and help and the, the things like prompts in the screen are relatively easy to set up. Do that. Use that as a prompt to yourself to break your sedentary behaviour. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, it was lovely talking to you today, Danny, and I'm so glad you uh, were able to join Muslim Life on Radio Ramadan. Uh, we'd be absolutely grateful if uh, in the future you could come back and uh, go over the same topic because not everybody listens at the same time. Um, and it's a fantastic topic to touch on, although... As uh, Homera, yourself and I have discussed, uh, you know, it's not huge. It's not something that you need to. No, but it's but it's but it is something that we need to be paying. All need to be paying so much more attention to. There's no doubt about that. And just me, I'm actually. If you could just see me right now, Danny, I'm on the verge of standing up. 
Good, good. That's <laughs> she is, I think she might be taking a quick walk, Daddy, and I might be without. Yeah. <laughs> I might be <laughs> left without Homera. But thank you very much for joining us on the Muslim Life Show on Radio Ramadan, and um, we wish you all the best with your research and uh, with your colleagues down in Australia as well with the research that they're undertaking. Thank you for joining that's us great. today. Thank, thank you, you very much for the invitation and good luck. Oh, good luck. Thank you very much. Uh, just for the listeners now, we will be going over to our travel segment now. And it is today it's Istanbul Part 2. Have you been to Istanbul? No, I haven't. But I've got a friend who goes there quite regularly. And um, actually, not one friend. Literally last year, I think, everyone was posting on Facebook. Everyone was going to Istanbul. I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised. Um, I've never been to Turkey. Um, but we will be, inshallah, doing that this year. Yeah, inshallah. Um, but it'll be the first trip. But no, Istanbul. My sisters have been and oh, absolutely tremendous. But as you say, it's, it seemed to be a whole group of people. A whole group of people. Um, last year I had a friend, uh, I won't mention any names on air, but she went and the hotel that she was staying in, uh, one of the Pakistani folk singers she loves listening to. Um, yeah, he was there. Um, oh, fantastic. To our travel spot. So thank you very much for listening to Muslim Life on Radio Ramadan 87.7 FM. Hey guys, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This is your brother, Fayyazul Rahman, aka the Scottish guy in Saudi Arabia. Today I want to take you on a trip to one of the cities that I have traveled to and I want to share my experiences. Another thing that the wife and I enjoyed to do while we were in Istanbul is just take time out and just walk around the city to get the real feel of the city, the streets and people. As we were doing this one day, we stumbled upon one of these tour shops where they offer tours of random things all over Istanbul and Turkey. And uh, one thing that enticed us was the Bosphorus cruise. Now the Bosphorus runs in between Asia and the European part of Turkey. It's very beautiful and we were enticed into checking out what this, um, this cruise has to offer. The salesman, obviously being a salesman, he wanted to say anything to get us to go. And on top of that, he said, you know, you're a Muslim and you have a nice beard, which obviously I do. Um, so so he, he gave us some type of discount and he made us a deal that we just could not refuse. We went ahead and paid for the, the tickets and he said that um, he's going to come pick us up and so on and so forth. So he picked us up the next day, we waited for him, dressed all nice. But what we didn't know was that we were the first hotel on his list of six to seven hotels. So by the time we got to the cruise, we were sitting in a minivan for about three hours, which is, you know, draining, mentally draining. That was the first slight letdown. The second thing that was a letdown for me especially, not really my wife, was the food. Now, he said that you have a halal option and non-halal option in the cruise. Obviously, you know, being Muslim, we went for the, the halal option. Uh, and the halal option was all vegetables. Now, for me, that isn't classified as a meal. That's a snack. So once we had our, you know, three vegetables, I was still starving, but now we're on the Bosphorus and I can't just go and get some food from the restaurant or from you know a, a corner shop or anything so that was a second less let down and uh, if you know me when I'm hungry then I'm grumpy and when I'm grumpy then I snap at people and I just get mad so that was a second let down so 
I'm smelling and I'm hungry and now we're sitting in the the main hall where they were going to show us some traditional you know halal entertainment the first uh, 20 minutes or so was halal you know children were just dancing and showing the uh, Turkish style dances but the rest of the the cruise about an hour and a half the entertainment was most certainly certainly not halal and I was we were both forced to go to the deck and just spend the time there now alhamdulillah um, you're on the Bosphorus even if you're outside on the deck looking around it's beautiful it's picturesque the stars were reflecting off the Bosphorus on the left you could see Asia on the right was Europe the lights lit up the whole path it was such a beautiful um, image in hindsight if I could have asked the salesman two or three questions the first one would be what time are you going to pick us up <clears throat> and what time is the cruise starting well he picked us up at one hour three hours into the cruise started that's our fault second thing ask him not about halal or haram ask him what's on the menu and the last thing is that specifically can you tell us what is the entertainment nevertheless we really enjoyed um, staying in the deck and looking around and really experiencing um, what Istanbul has to offer at night finally what to eat we have arrived to my favorite subject if anybody knows me I like my food uh, and in Turkey the Turks are known for their kebabs I'm not talking about your donor from the chip around the corner I'm talking about the, the real donor, the, the donor that the Turks are known for. If I was to recommend uh, things to eat, I would say kebabs. Just try all of their kebabs. They're really, really good. The quality is really good. I tried at least one or two every day. However, if you get homesick, uh, the good thing about Istanbul especially, it's very diverse. You can find, you know, your typical biryani or your kabsa or any of these things. Um, around the corner. There is a restaurant that goes by the name of Mado. It's very, very popular. It's slightly up class. Uh, it's very good quality and they have authentic Turkish food, Turkish ice cream. The, 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 the Turkish ice cream is weird. It's like they don't give you in scoops. It's like long and stretchy. It's It's almost like, you know, chewing gum or you know that, that's the kind of consistency it has um, anyway I'm not, I'm not making it sound to be that good but it is really really good you should try it and then uh, while you're um, out and around they have uh, these um, bits of bread called simit they should cost about 2 liras which is I don't know 30p 40p uh, and it's very very good it's like a bagel it has like sesame seeds and things on it uh, my wife really enjoyed the one with Nutella inside it. You know, it's two and a half or three liters. And it's very good. It's cheap. It's good to keep you going. Um, and obviously, you need to try the Turkish tea. The last question is, will I go back to this place? Definitely 100% yes. We were there for about six or seven days. And I wish we had more time. The people there are very nice. They are accommodating to the tourists. They always offer a helping hand. And just generally, it's a very, very nice place. It makes you feel um, 
like your home in the sense that the adhan goes off, you can go to the mosque, um, especially for Muslims in Britain, we have uh, an issue with the identity, whereas in, in Turkey or Istanbul, we feel like we are at home, adhan goes off, go to the mosque, um, the food there, most of it is halal, and it's, it's something that I do see myself spending some more time in the city, inshallah. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.